You're listening to InsuranceRadio.com. We sit down for personal conversations with the top insurance and financial advisors, executives, and regulators. Listen in to learn more about their ideas and personal stories at InsuranceRadio.com. This podcast has been brought to you by AD Banker & Company. They have been helping those new to the industry to pass their insurance licensing exam since 1979. Find out more about how they can help you license your producers and staff at adbanker.com. Bart Baker leads one of the most successful insurance agencies in the country. With more than 25 years in the business, he runs B.W. Baker Insurance Services, which specializes in assisting home and business owners to secure maximum protection for their unique situations. Bart is also an author and has written how-to books on a topic that he's very passionate about, which is insurance. Today, we are visiting with Bart about his book entitled, If an Elephant Sits on You, Are You Covered?, which explains for consumers how they can make informed decisions about their own insurance coverage. Bart and his wife of more than 37 years, Wendy, live in Malibu, California. Please welcome to our program, Bart. Uh, Bart, are you calling in from home or are you at the office today? Well, I'm actually, this is a, a Saturday morning. I'm at home. Uh, we live um, on the beach at Malibu, and it's just one of those absolutely pristine, gorgeous days. Um, see a bunch of surfers out there, and um, just um, going to be taking care of this interview this morning. My wife gave me a little list of honeydews, and um, later on, hope to get down to the beach and just kind of see where the day goes. But it's, a, it's a, just a nice um, Saturday off of the office. Well, that sounds great. I hope that your list isn't too long and that there's no heavy lifting involved. <laughs> so do I. So do I. Thanks, Dennis. Say, uh, Bart, clearly you're passionate about a topic uh, which many might consider kind of boring, which is insurance. How is that? How are you excited about insurance? Well, um, you know, I, I think I'm actually more than just excited about insurance. I really believe that insurance is one of the most incredible products that has ever been invented um, for humanity. And I, I, I really mean that because when you look at insurance and have actually properly structured a a form of, you know, asset protection around you, you really are kind of bulletproof. So imagine back in the day prior to having homeowners insurance, for example, and you have somebody that, you know, put together their life savings and you know, worked hard and, you know, built this gorgeous home, if you didn't have coverage to be able to, you know, rebuild that in case something catastrophic happened, you could obviously be wiped out um, financially. So you have that availability. You know, we have the ability to ensure the, um, the, the, the income for breadwinners so that a family doesn't become uh, destitute. We have the ability to ensure that you can have the best health care um, if somebody gets sick. Um, to be able to get to the best attorneys if somebody got into a car accident and it was your fault. So the list is kind of endless. And the reason why we're able to go on with our life and get out there in the community and do everything we have to do without any concerns of, you know, tremendous retribution and being wiped out is because of this product called insurance. So mm-hmm. I find that it is, um, it's an honor to be able to, um, you know, help people. And I think that done correctly, it's a service to humanity that is very hard to duplicate. Now, you're a, a, a broker. That's your full-time uh, job uh, 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 with your business in uh, Malibu, California. You know, uh, then you became an author. What was your motivation for actually writing this book, uh, uh, If an Elephant Sits on You? Uh, are you covered? Sure. So, 
doing this, you know, now for about 27 years, and I meet with, you know, all different types of folks. There's a lot of professional doctor, lawyers, and so forth, and then just everyday business owners and um, you know, everyday type, 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 type folks. And I find it astonishing that how many people really do not have a clear understanding of um, what insurance does for you, what is available, and why they need certain things. So I've been giving a lot of thought to having ways to be able to communicate this information to clients and also just to, you know, the public in general. And I was thinking about for quite a few years of writing a book <clears throat> on how to be properly insured. Um, one day it just, you know, I put the, you know, made the decision to get it done and, and ended up writing the book. And it's very, um, anecdotal. So we have a chapter devoted to every line of personal coverage, like auto, home, umbrella, life, disability, you know, and so forth. And the book is based upon 25 plus years of claims experience and what went well and why and what could have gone better had they had, um, you know, these other endorsements. And there's real life, um, you know, stories in each chapter. And then at the end of the chapter, there's a little wrap up where we give, um, every endorsement that would be important for that line of coverage. And there's like a little checklist so that a, a person, a consumer, when they meet with their insurance broker is on more of an equal footing because they actually understand going into the meeting what's available. So when they have the conversation, they know um, what's being discussed because they might have a better understanding, but they also know at times now what is not being discussed. So, Dennis, we had a situation the other day. A client comes in because I've been giving out these books, um, you know, to my existing clients. And this guy comes in, and it was just he had so many little post-it notes stuck all over the pages. And he says, I can't wait to sit down and talk to you. I've got all of these questions. And it was about everything he had. And it was, you know, perfect for me because that's exactly the response I wanted to generate was to be able to have a client that was totally participatory in the conversation and really wanted to know what these endorsements meant, how it applied to him. And we had a good meeting. It was about an hour. But after this guy left, you know, there was a lot of, um, you know, changes and amendments made to the policy. And I could just tell he just felt that he really understood, and I like to use the term bulletproof, and I think he really walked out of my office that day feeling that he was really bulletproof because he got it and he understood. So that's that's really the end result of um, of the purpose of writing the book. Kind of a long-winded answer, but um, there you go. Well, hey, I appreciate that. Hey, I, I enjoyed reading through. Uh, uh, that's an additional benefit I get uh, uh, of having our conversations. Uh, I noticed that early in your book, you mentioned that you hope to give the reader the information that they need to form their own philosophy about insurance. What do you mean by by the client's philosophy about insurance? Sure. Um, well, I think that, that everybody that has a decision-making process in just about anything in their life is because they have formed a philosophy around it. Um, so you and I were talking a little bit this morning prior to our call right now about you know, that you were working out this morning. Um, I know that you eat well. And so you probably got this whole philosophy about um, about health and fitness. 
and why it's important to feed your body correctly and exercise right and do all of that stuff. But there's, it's, it's, it's a philosophy that you've formed around it. So when it comes to insurance, it's exactly the same thing. So when you look at your insurance situation, if you had a philosophy that you are going to protect your family's assets and make sure that no outside force is going to be able to get in there and destroy everything that you've been able to accumulate, and you are able to transfer your exposures to a well-funded insurance company for a little bit of insurance premium, in essence, what you're doing is you're creating a philosophy around insurance. Other than just going in there and buying some coverage, you now understand what's important and what's not important and how your family is going to operate. So at the end of the day, when you have a philosophy, decisions are really easy to be made because you know in advance that this is the end goal and this is my um, my belief, my philosophy, my um, um, you know goal of what I want to happen as it relates to insurance and my family. So I could say for sure, when you're done reading the book, that you're going to walk away from this with much deeper knowledge as far as what's available and, more importantly, um, how you are going to insert yourself and your family into the situation to be able to, um, you know, build this portfolio of products around you so that you are protected. Yeah. So, you know, uh, most uh, consumers, I think, view their agent as the one who has all this uh, wealth of specialized knowledge. And so what I hear you're saying is that, you know, a consumer shouldn't just go into an agent to lay out all their circumstances and expect the agent to just tell them what they need. I, I hear that word uh, participatory uh, and uh, so that's uh, that's interesting. What is your uh, personal philosophy about insurance? I read uh, about your process of gap elimination. Uh, you know, what is that all about? Sure. Um, so what the gap elimination process um, means, it's a form of a review process. Because our lives are dynamic, I mean, there's, you, you can never, like, put something together and and forget about it and expect it to just continue to work as well as it was intended initially. So it's important to, you know, get back. It's kind of like having your um, your annual checkup with your doctor, make sure that all of your, you know, levels and everything are still okay. Um, same thing with insurance. So as far as my personal philosophy is I, you know, always endeavor to make sure that I'm covered adequately, that there's no gaps in coverage and I get the best pricing I can, you know, with all the current discounts that might be available. So it's that initial consultation to get all of those things done. And then just as importantly, it's um, getting back in front of, um, it could be in person, it could be by phone, of your insurance professional on a regular basis, whatever you decide is good for you, to to do um, a checkup and make sure that you um, stay in good shape. So that philosophy around that um, includes that follow-up review. You you mentioned uh, also uh, observing uh, of all the clients that you've dealt with over the years, two types of people when it comes to insurance. Uh, and I don't recall what that was, but uh, what what are the two types of clients that you find who typically walk in? <laughs> okay, sure. So I call those the uh, believers and the non-believers. And um, 
I find that the folks that are in that non-believer camp um, become believers pretty darn quick when something significant happens in their life, and they are not able just to pick up the phone and call their insurance broker and just have it handled. Um, you know, they then become believers. So it's the believers that understand that there's this ability to be able to transfer exposure and to transfer risk to an insurance company, and when and if something were to happen, they just pick up the phone and say what happens within a very short period of time. It's all taken care of. It's you know put back together. The checks are written. The protection provided. You know those folks are believers, yeah. and it's those other folks that um, that uh, really pay a very expensive um, you know education. Um, to be able to move to that other category. I see it, Dennis. I just see it over and over again. Yeah. Now, you tell a wonderful story uh, in your book about a neighbor, uh, a woman by the name of Gretchen. Uh, can you tell our, our listeners just a, a little quick story about uh, about Gretchen and her, her circumstances? Sure. So Gretchen was an interesting one for me because she was one of my um, one of my first clients. when I, So I was a, um, a fireman with the Los Angeles County Fire Department, and I was really looking to make a um, make a move to be able to have you know a better lifestyle for myself and my family, and you know loved the fire department, but it, it was a civil service position. I didn't want to rely upon that next union negotiation for a three percent um, you know raise. So one thing led to another, and I got into the insurance business, and I I met this um, woman um, Gretchen, who needed to have um, you know all of her coverage done. So we did her house, and we did her, um, you know, um, umbrella and autos and everything. And and um, I insured her to the best of my ability, being a you know brand new guy. And I was um, on the engine company one day, and the Santa Ana winds broke out in Malibu. They were you know huge, and we had two huge fires, one on the north side, one on the south side. And um, I was on duty in the area where Gretchen's home was. A fire broke out in that area, and it was burning down homes one right after another. I was driving down the street in the engine company, and I saw where um, Gretchen's home had been. Um, and I just visited a couple of weeks prior, and um, the thing had burned to the ground. It was like like nothing left. And I was, i got to tell you, Dennis, I was absolutely devastated, and I was really concerned at the same time because I... Everything was just theory to me at that time. I, you know, I've never had the experience of a total loss and what's going to happen. And, um, you know, I was just like, to be honest, keeping my fingers crossed and hoping that everything's going to happen the way that I was told it would. And um, thankfully, the very next day, I changed out of my uniform and I changed into a suit and filed the claim and met with my claims adjuster. And we... Um, Got in the car and drove over to her to where the property was because he told me, he said, you know, I've got to verify that the house is no longer there. So I believe you, but I've got to check it out. I said, you know, of, of course. And so we drive up and the the concrete foundation was still smoldering and it you know it was like hot when you're going up there. And and he um, you know saw the address painted on the curb. So we um, go back to Scott. I'm still emotional this time later. I tell you. Well, we go back to where his claims trailer was, and he took out a checkbook, and he wrote a, a check for the house um, in full. He wrote a check for the contents. He wrote a huge advance for the loss of use, 
and he handed me these checks that were almost a million dollars within 24 hours of that fire um, coming through. So I hadn't even spoke to Gretchen as of this time and wasn't able to reach her. All the phones, of course, were all dead. And I'm in my office the day after that, and Gretchen comes into the front door, and she looks at me, and she just starts crying, breaking down, and she's sobbing, and she's saying, Bart, you know, my house burned down. What am I going to do? And, um, you know, I went up to her, and I gave her a big hug and told her how sorry I was, you know, what happened to her. And then it said, but listen, you know, I, the, the claim has been filed, and um, I have your checks. And I handed her close to a million dollars. And she was paid in full within a matter of, you know, 24 hours. And the other, um, a lot of other homes on that street, the folks were still battling out with insurance companies. I heard there was all sorts of issues about, you know, the right endorsements and being undercovered and all sorts of things. But Dennis, it was that event there that made me such a believer that I saw for the first time that full 360 of meeting with the client, um, you know, promising the right coverage, doing the hard work up front, and then to be able to come in such a short time later and and make it all right again. I mean, her house was one of the very first house, very first homes to be rebuilt on that street. And it was um, an incredible experience. And we've remained, you know, clients and friends, um, you know, well over 25 years later. Wow. That's a powerful story. Uh, you know, and I, I've in following along in your book, when you're giving advice on the different types of coverages, I notice you start off with homeowners insurance. Is that uh, part of the motivation? Why? Because, you know, homeowners, people think of their home and their nest. That's their, you know, everybody, sure. uh, everybody, uh, uh, that's their, uh, that's their refuge. Um, is that why you start off in your discussion of coverages uh, with homeowners first? Um, well, it, and it's everything, I think absolutely everything is, is important. You know, there's no question about it. It's just that homeowners has so many more moving parts to it. There are, an incredible amount of endorsements um, to be able to fine-tune a home policy to have the right I, – I don't know that we're going to go into the limits and the definitions of every endorsement, but there's quite a few of them. And it's it's that particular policy, because of that emotional connection initially that a person has to their home and, of course, wants to be assured that they could have you know 100% complete risk transfer to an insurance company so that that house could be absolutely completely rebuilt exactly the way they had it without having to come out of pocket, which is absolutely, um, um, you know, able to be done provided you have the right coverage. And when you have the focus on the home policy and that customer really understands um, why and how everything works and all fits together, that everything that follows that meeting is considerably easier because it's that product and that connection that you make with the client at that time where you, in essence, prove yourself as and prove your worth as an agent, as a professional that knows what they're doing. And then everything that follows that is just like, um, I get it, of of, of course. So it's that initial feeling of security that they get from that that it's just, it's just, for me, I just thought it's a natural progression 
to go from home, then we typically do auto and we follow up with umbrella and um yeah. and then what, what whatever else they would need at that at that time. Yeah. You know, uh shifting gears just a little bit to talk about auto insurance. Uh you know, I think uh, I read something that might be of interest and, and uh, kind of surprising to some consumers. They may not have stopped to think about it. And you, you set the scenario like this. Uh, so you're out to dinner at your favorite Italian restaurant. Uh, you have a few extra too many glasses of wine. So you ask your friend uh, to drive you home in your car. Uh, if the friend is in an accident as you drive home, whose insurance coverage is the accident? Is it the driver that uh, is your friend, or is it the inebriated passenger's car, since you're in the inebriated okay. passenger's car? Interesting. Well, isn't it interesting, though, that a lot of people don't know the answer to that to that question? Um, so the, the, the answer in, in California, at least, is that the vehicle is always primary. So if you if you were driving my car and you hit somebody, you know, my policy is the one that's going to be paying for everything. However, you will be sued as well as me if you hit somebody because in California they're going to sue the driver and they're going to sue the registered owner of the car. So it's important that, of course, I'm insured correctly to protect me even though you're driving. And just as equally, it's important that you are protected because if for whatever reason my limits were not adequate, um, your policy is going to be secondary um, to be able to pay for everything. So, you know, car insurance, too, has, from experience, the biggest exposure as far as the very large claims that we get for liability are always from car accidents, especially it seems out here in Malibu. We've got, you know, like eight inches separating yourself from that, you know, little yellow line from these cars going 60 miles an hour, you know, right against you. And if you just got a flat tire and, you know, swerve the car for a second and hit somebody, I mean, who knows who you're going to hit? It could it could be a life-altering event um, of having everything that you've worked for your entire life to be at risk. Yeah. You know, you seem to talk about these three things together, homeowner's policy, auto policy, and then a uh, what's called an umbrella policy. Uh, I noticed you said uh, the umbrella policy is sort of an asset protection policy. Could you explain to our listeners uh, what you mean by that? Sure. So if you were to be sued um, because of anything on a, on a, on a personal line, um, you know, side of it, so from a car accident or a dog bite or somebody slipping and falling on your house, you know, whatever it is, and if you were sued, what the plaintiff could sue you for and take from you is everything that you own, including your furniture and your wife's jewelry, I mean, absolutely everything that you own, plus 25% of your income for 10 years. So that's what's, that's what's at risk. So when you are protected by an umbrella policy or an excess um, liability policy, the, 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 same, the, same, the same thing, you are, in essence, protecting those assets because you are able to go to that plaintiff and go to settle that claim with enough coverage so that they have decided not to go against you personally. Because what would happen in practicality is that they would have to make the decision, are they going to accept your insurance money which is you could call it the bird in the hand, 
or are they going to bypass that because they feel it's not adequate and that you as an individual had so many other assets, even interest in an LLC, interest in corporations, um, non-ERISA um, retirement accounts, and they could decide to bypass your insurance and just go after you personally for everything that you own, in which case your insurance policy will then participate in the claim rather than handle the claim. So I have run across situations where people did not have an umbrella policy, and I saw one the other day where the guy said he had to pony up $500,000 of his own personal money to help settle a claim where his wife was backing her car down the drive when she hit somebody in the, um, in the, um, in the sidewalk. She didn't see him, and um, he didn't have an umbrella. wasn't my client, but he didn't have an umbrella, and... He um, almost lost everything that he had. Boy. So it's so easy to address that when you have adequate limits of liability and everything is endorsed to it properly. And once you as an agent have a you know, really clear understanding of that and actually understand that we have the, um, the ability to be able to protect our clients you know, from themselves and their lack of knowledge and incredible thing so that if you did get that phone call that day you'd be able to tell that person I'm gosh I'm terribly sorry what happened um, you're covered and we're going to handle it now all of a sudden you've taken the weight of the world that proverbial elephant that we talked about in the book and picked it up off of the client and just transferred it over to the well-funded insurance company who wrote a check so um, that's 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 the real purpose of having that um, access umbrella policy. Yeah. See, I was uh, you, you had shared a story about a young couple who had come into your office. Uh, they had their young uh, two-year-old daughter with them. Uh, you went through their home coverage. You went through their auto coverage. You went through their um, umbrella liability insurance uh, coverage. Uh, but then you got to the life insurance topic, and the husband kind of got cold feet. Uh, what do you think that is uh, that uh, people sometimes uh, hesitate when it gets to the life insurance topic? Yeah, that's, um, you know, that happened many years ago. And I could tell you it is still as raw today as it was back then, where this um, wonderful couple, I mean, the nicest folks you've ever met, beautiful little girl. And we take care of all of the normal stuff, just like you say, the auto home, the umbrella, everything's done. And bring up the life insurance. And this guy was, um, you know, young. He's in his 30s, um, you know, very healthy. And um, he was a, a um, in the movie business. And he um, he just thought he was bulletproof. He, he, you know, he didn't think, and I think a lot of, you know, younger folks, too, that haven't, you know, seen much of, um, you know, the friends passing away, um, he just really didn't think he needed life insurance. And I was, um, you know, a little passionate, um, I think borderline obnoxious almost, but, you know, I, I saw this family and I just said, you know, this is not optional, you know, you got to do it. And um, the wife wanted it. And so, you know, long story short, um, they walked out with the policy. And um, he was reluctant, but you know it wasn't a big deal. The cost wasn't wasn't it, it was a term policy. It wasn't an expensive thing. 
but it took a lot of um, it took a lot of pushing to get it done. So everything's good, life's great. Um, a couple months later, I got a call Monday morning, and it was from um, this client's brother. And I'm thinking, okay, it's a referral. You know, we get that all the time. And he said, um, you know, I'm calling because um, my brother was um, in a helicopter accident at work. The um, helicopter was lifting off um, with the film crew, and they got to about 50 feet off the ground, and the helicopter exploded, and everybody died in the helicopter. And I tell you, I was... Um, it was it was absolutely awful. I was I, I was shocked at that. However, at the same time, it was that incredible sense of gratification that I made that effort, that extra effort at that time when I met them, where I knew what they needed, and I borderline obnoxious to you know, to really make sure that they did not leave the office without it. And about seven days after that happened, I met with his wife, and I gave her a million dollars. And it was a, it was a checkbook with a million dollars in it. And I know for a fact that it made a huge difference for their ability to be able to continue to live in the community and to, you know, for her to raise her daughter as a single mom. And not too long ago, I, you know, put um, auto insurance on the daughter's first car, and um, it's it's that it's that experience that just and, and we all have those types of experiences that you know, when we've been around for a while, but it's those things that um, we know the difference that we can make to humanity. And I don't want to sound, um, you know, esoteric about it or anything, but what we can do is so powerful and so necessary that. Insurance is not a commodity. Insurance is something that absolutely must be crafted and maintained and, and I'm not going to say sold, but presented to somebody in such a way that they really get it and understand. We're not trying to make a commission. You know, the people that do this job right are trying to do the right thing for the people that we've been so fortunate to be able to take care of. And when you come across that way, um, it's just wonderful to be able to go to work, talk to friends all day long, and know that you are, like, protecting this, you know, mass amount of people, that those are your people, and that if something happens to them, you know, you've got them covered. Yeah. You know, it's, uh, Bart, you live in and work in uh, Malibu, California. Of course, uh, everyone in the U.S. and everybody in the whole world knows that serious earthquakes can happen just about any minute in Southern California at about any time. Uh, and I read that you said that only a little over a half of your clients choose to purchase earthquake insurance. What in the world are they thinking? You know, that's what, that's what I want to know. What are you thinking? It's, it's, it's crazy. It's, um, you know, it's really because the, the lenders don't, don't require it. You know, you have to have, you have to have homeowners insurance, and you know you got to have auto insurance. And but when it comes to earthquake insurance, it's one of those totally you know optional optional things. And so people that have been around and have gone through the Northridge earthquake and some of the others, I mean, those folks are you know I find are typically the you know the believers. You get back again into that believer non-believer you know scenario. But um, over time, 
I find that, you know, most folks do end up coming around. But I think the problem with earthquake too is that the deductible is so darn large, you know, 10 to 15% of the amount of coverage. And they look at this deductible and they say, gosh, you know, I'm going to pay all this money for premium. I've got all this, you know, huge deductible to satisfy. Um, you know, it, 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 it's worth it. So it's, um, you know, once they realize that um, earthquake coverage is the only thing, there's nothing else that's going to protect your home if it's damaged in an earthquake, and they start hearing that over and over again, um, I find that eventually they, they, they come around, but it's still, you know, you're right, it's about it's about half of the people, yeah. you know, want to do it, and the other people just think it's never going to happen. I don't know. Yeah. Say, uh, uh, you know, Mark's been fun reading your your book uh, titled "If an Elephant Sits on You, Are You Covered?" That's kind of an unusual name. How did how did you come up with that? Well, um, it's actually based upon a true story um, that happened to my wife's girlfriend's husband when they were away on a um, on a photo safari in Africa, and the um, husband was taking pictures of these elephants and. There was um, one, you know, how they, you know, they're just standing around, and so he got, and I don't even know how the guy got them to get so close, but he got kind of close um, up behind this very large bull elephant and kind of looked up from behind, thought he would take this kind of cute, perfect picture, if you know what I mean, and the elephant just sat on him, and it was obviously a terrible thing to happen. It was really sad, but, you know, over time, things like that can tend to be a little funny. And um, the elephant, so when we were bannering around um, names for the book, my wife came up with this name um, during a, um, you know, a, a round-robin session trying to come up with, with, with names. And so she says, well, what if an elephant sits on you on your covers? And I'm thinking, boy, that's a silly name, but let's write it down. I'm thinking there's no wrong answers, right? And, and then the more we thought about it, it kept on coming back to it and saying, you know, the story's true, and I understand it, but really what that means is that the elephant is a metaphor for the weight of the world, and that if something significant happens to you and you feel the weight of the world on you, if you are able to pick up that elephant and transfer it over to a, an insurance company and have them take care of it, in essence, you have transferred the weight of the world off of your client um, super quick and given it to an insurance carrier. And if you are not covered correctly, then you're going to feel that weight of the world on you potentially for an awful long time. So it's because of that further reflection on the name that I thought it was, you know, very, very fitting for what it was that we were trying to teach and describe. Yeah, that sounds so. It's uh, Say, uh, we're going to wind down our conversation today, but if a, a listener would like to pick up a copy, uh, they just simply go to readbartsbook.com. Uh, readbartsbook.com and uh, Bart it's been a pleasure to have you on the program today thank you for calling in hey Dennis it's, um, it's my pleasure um, as well you could also go to Amazon and just you know search for Bart Baker and the insurance and everything there's um, there's there as as well but um, it's, again it's, it's a pleasure I really appreciate um, everything that you do I love um, you know listening to the body of the interviews that you have available on your site I'm always so well educated on the various subjects that you have and um, thank you for everything you do well thank you very much have a great day
Oh, hi, you're still here. Say, if you are interested in reaching thousands of licensed insurance producers across the country, why not consider sponsoring a guest podcast? If you had sponsored this episode, we would be telling thousands of listeners daily about you and your company. Find our contact information to request prices and availability at insuranceradio.com.